The following show contains spoilers for episode 3 of Survivor 43. Hello again. Hello again. Welcome back to RNG's show. It's a podcast about fantasy Survivor uh, where you watch... The oh wait! I, I thought this was uh, the ultimate challenge. Oh geez, I'm in the wrong recording booth. Sorry. We count the points. Get out. And then we talk about them in the episode. Uh, and that's what we're doing here. So Survivor season 43. We're on the third episode of it. Uh, Three already. Yeah, seasons off to a decent start. I there's been some good points. There's not really been any significant like bad points. It feels like we're off to a nice, like, healthy pace, seeing if we're going to kind of, like, flourish up into, like, a really fun, exciting season, or if we're just going to kind of, like, ride the middle and just be, you know, average. I think the only thing I can, like, hold against the season so far is just the constant vignettes of every single person every single episode but that's been the like last three seasons of the show yeah it just feels like i'm sick of it just feel like maybe there's i don't know if it's not i don't know how to put it if they just don't want to put the effort into like telling us stories that are happening like out there or if uh like they don't want to or if this is simply like the most curated you know market tested friendly you know way to like put you know like emotional stories out there to drive an engagement or something it is how it feels part of it is like complaints about you know in previous seasons in the 30s like the transparent cast members Mm-hmm. And now it's like, okay, well, we're going to give everybody a flashback sequence. That way nobody's <laughs> left out. Yeah, it yeah. almost feels like a way to have like artificial depth because it's yes. like everything they're they're telling me is like, you know, cool. And like you get to learn about the characters a bit more and maybe like what their motivations are and where they're coming from. But ultimately, like if you're telling me something that happened outside of the game, like I'm not seeing what you're doing in the game, which is ultimately like what I'm interested in is like what you're doing what decisions you're making like that's what i want to see i don't you know like honestly (laughs) maybe to put it nicely it doesn't make too much of a difference to me like you know what your relationship with your family is or you know what you had to go through to get here i just want to see you like come on and like play the game well like the preseason is great for all the background stuff because then you like get to appreciate who the people are but in the show, I just don't really want to see it. Yeah, I mean, like, re- realistically, in the game of Survivor, what you do outside of Survivor doesn't really matter unless you make it to the final three. Yeah, and even then, like, who knows how much of a, a sway that really has. But I don't know. It's like, <laughs> it just feels like it's gone past the point of being like, wow, like, that's such, like, an amazing story we're being told. Like, wow, it's it's now like, okay, so, like, casting you know goes through you know the thousands of applications and looks for like the most you know emotional stories to like you know pull from and then they put them in front of us on the tv show and say like look how like sad these people are or whatever which isn't like what is happening on the show but it's still just i don't know it's interesting and it makes you reflect on yourself and maybe 
and maybe this is different, you know, for me, but it's like, wow, you know, I don't have, you know, this crazy backstory. And maybe it's resonating with the people who like have had similar experiences or maybe right. they're l watching and be like, wow, they're really just kind of like taking my, you know, my shtick, my life experience and just putting it out there like it was, you know, a building block for them or whatever. <laughs> I think that getting background on the people on the show in general even on the show you know during an episode is fine because especially you think about like you know adam and his whole thing mm -hmm. right like that his you know relationship with his mom was like a huge part of how he played the game why he was playing the game it's very relevant to like him as a person and missing out on that mm -hmm. would be a huge loss to that season so i think like in general understanding who these people are coming into it is important the problem is that at this point it feels so forced and lazy i think the best example of this maybe in kind of playing into like the the point i was building up of like the editors just giving this to us like you know for some uh ulterior motive or whatever is when uh jesse has his bit where it's like talking about uh neca and like how hard it's gonna be to vote for her and whatever he's like you know he reminds me so much of my mom and then we get a backstory like about jesse's mom and it, it just doesn't feel super relevant but like i also would have rather like had that time like having the show like displayed to us that relationship a little bit more because when it comes to NECA like I feel like the most we've actually seen other than her like sitting with like you know Cody is just her being mentioned of like you know NECA's tight in our alliance and then she's kind of just like there we I feel like we don't have any really great scenes of like you know the jesse neca bond uh that maybe could have been like more helpful within the continuity of the show but maybe that's just me goes back to the old classic show don't tell a little bit and hey you know if jesse has a million great stories then sure tell him i guess but i feel like i'd rather just be watching like the gameplay on the beach or the character interactions on the beach around the campfire on the shores whatever yeah but um we do you know i can't say that the episode is not like entertaining <laughs> uh we have a couple like fun check-ins with everybody before the challenge we get like every camp once and then we go back to to Coco for a little bit. Um, Vessi's deal is Jesse and Dwight are like married now, and oh, Dwight's so but it's a bit shaky. <laughs> and I just feel like this is still kind of a silly point because it's like you know it's Survivor. Like obviously you like you know for for Dwight it's like obviously he wanted the vote to go a certain way that was going to benefit him the most and i just feel like it's silly for him to get like upset at jesse for picking 
like the decision that would benefit Jesse the most instead of just like respecting the move. But, uh, you know, if, if he trusted Jesse in a certain way, then I can understand the, the kind of trust being broken there. But it just seems like a lot of <laughs> like drama being stirred up. Yeah, but that's not even like the biggest thing from the Vessi check-in. The actual most relevant thing is that Cody no longer uses the hat as an idol. Oh, yeah. Jeez. The <laughs> this is tragic. tragic. Yeah, he's got a tiny little bracelet. He The first thing he says in this check-in is, you know, talking about the vote, blah, 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 how he had to get all the beads. And he, you know, pulls out the tiny little bracelet with just the, the five beads or whatever. I'm like, dude, what happened? this is this sucks like how did you how do you explain this to the rest of the team oh yeah the hat's gone but i'm keeping your beads they're mine i don't know man maybe they just don't even care maybe he well my my actual thought was that he still has the hat he still has the beads woven into it he just took out the very specific ones that he needs for the idol and then put those on its own thing um so he still probably has a hat with beads on it we just haven't seen it and it has just those specific beads separate would be my guess yeah there's no respect for the lore yeah i mean like come on how sick would it be to drop the literally drop the hat on a tribal way down the line when hey i've been wearing this hat the entire season right like that's so (laughs) that would be so sick That'd be an all-time moment, but alas. Mm-hmm. All right, so after Vessi, we head over to the Baka tribe where uh, we get a Gabler status Gabler's still update. dying. He's, Gabler he's is sleeping on the dying, beach. He's dude. so he's sad. Dying. He's out of the game. I don't know what the point of this is. Because, like, after last episode, we mentioned how it felt like it was a... Oh, he's getting out of here. He's medevac. Yeah, he, he's medevacing <laughs> soon. And then we moved on, and it d- d- didn't... It's maybe, back, maybe and now it's just... back. And then it came back, and it immediately went away again. Maybe... So I'm like, I don't... I Is he going to get, like, what... medevac in, like, episode five or something? Maybe. Maybe it's a deep medevac. No, I, think and... this is, I think this is the Nasir track, right? Where, like, nothing is really going on over here, and they're not going to tribal, so they just need to, like, stir something up, right? So maybe next episode, you know, we'll be like, wow, look at Gabler swinging through the trees and, you know, getting <laughs> fruit, fruit for everyone. You know, maybe that's, like, that's the way we'll go. Gabler, the expert but like, fisherman. But, like, stuff is happening. We <laughs> literally see immediately after this whole Gabler idol thing coming to a head where last episode they, you know, Ellie and Janine and Owen snuck a peek at the note and are like, oh, his idol's still still good to go and so they come into this episode and they're like all right ellie and janine are scheming and sammy's also there i forgot and they're like oh i bet gabler's so stupid i bet he doesn't even know that his idol still works (laughs) you know what i'm gonna ask him and then sammy's like oh yeah i could i could ask him and ellie's like no i'm so close with him i'll ask him sammy's like okay (laughs) <laughs> and then he immediately goes 
to Gabler and is like, listen, brother, they think brother. you're stupid. They think you don't know how your idol works. And Gabler's like, nah, brother, my idol still works. I know that for for a fact. I've been knowing that that my idol still works. And seems like cool. They're... I love that everybody on the on the on the Baka tribe is apparently Hulk Hogan. <laughs> they they are brother and so sammy and gabriel are like all right let's like play into it and so ellie trying to be all sly is like hey you want to make fake idol? idols you want to use that you know i don't know that it's <laughs> useless and expired and gabriel's like yeah brother sure why not and then <laughs> ellie think... and janine are like he has no idea i just think it's fun, funny how silly like ellie makes herself look here yeah <laughs> and it's just like you know of course we're given like the full context but just to see the way she's like like trying to push the whole scenario where the idol doesn't work anymore is just really really I don't funny think that's how like any idol has ever worked on survivor it's it's just odd and like i get what she's going for it just doesn't make her look very smart I guess. Yeah, and especially, and it makes Sammy look very good because Sammy continues to just like play really solidly. Yeah, He's Sammy good has, with everyone. has emerged kind of as the most competent person on this tribe, which is yeah, super by a interesting. Pretty by a pretty big margin because we were kind of thinking that it was Ellie, and like Ellie still seems to be a good player and like know what she's doing but she's very quickly become overconfident in that whereas sammy's really kept his cool and kept like a level head about it right you know he is still like kind of you know talking himself up about how he's gonna like he he's this 19 year old that's gonna completely outplay these people but at least what he says it, it's pretty much just true right he's not just saying it and like looking down and being condescending he's just like yeah they are they are being condescending and i'm gonna use that against them yeah yeah ellie thought that she was the goat but uh sammy took the goat and uh you know worked his magic what the hell are you talking about so then we (laughs) make our way over to coco where uh carla kind of just gets it all yeah so this is like the closer to the the seer check-in which is our carla check-in our carla update <laughs> and our carla Carl just... update if you will so true dude so true this is the exact kind of thing i expect from remember when we used to have my, like catchphrases for these bits my boy Sorry, come uh, up with a catchphrase real quick. For, no, no, for, it's Fred's player, so Fred's got to okay, come, Fred, up, with come up with a catchphrase for this segment. Like a little jingle, a little, little you know, Carla checking jingle. Did we lose no. Fred? <laughs> no. Well, I don't know what you're asking. All right, Fred, I have, I have a quick uh, test for you. Okay. First thing you have to do is close your eyes. Uh huh. And then the second thing is tell me Carla's last name. Drew's Godoy. Wow, you're a genius. <laughs> what? I I I was still looking at the the sheet. Oh, you're supposed to as close we were your talking. Eyes. No, I know. I was looking at it before you told me to close my eyes. All right. Like I, it was still in my short term memory. 
maybe yeah. maybe Carla is cruising to go doy because all the tribe mates are so dumb. There's our jingle. Oh my god. <laughs> okay, we can just reuse that clip. There we <laughs> go. Don't. <laughs> Every time we bring up Carla now, gonna cruise go doy because her tribe's so dumb. <laughs> all right. Oh, wait, hold on. I got it, I got it, I got it, I got it. What does she go do? Why? No, 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 no. It's anchors away. It's time for the Carla Cruise to set sail. Here we go. Boom. It's going to be like a a horn sound effect. Yes. Uh, All right, that's it. That's the one. That's the one. (laughs) All right, so Carla... What the hell does she do at first? Oh, right. She just she... wanders through the forest. Yeah, she goes on a little adventure. Everyone goes off and doesn't. And then she's talking to James and she's like, all right, BRB, skirt. And then she goes and looks around and then finds the advantage. And then she puts it back. And this is the first we've I never believe. seen enough yeah. and it'll be <laughs> well, back. I think I think this whole bit's kind of funny because they're like talking at the camp or whatever and they're like, Happy birthday, uh James. What you gonna do? He's like, I'm gonna go look for idols at the rocks. And no one really like reacts or has <laughs> well, anything to no, say. No, no, about no, no, no. Okay, so here's <laughs> something to mention because we they, they did it earlier with Jesse and we forgot to mention it, but <laughs> This is one of those moments where the editing really felt a little sus, right? Because what he says is, oh, I want to go, yeah, take a take a walk and around those rocks for idols. And it's just like, what? A, no survivor player like, in, no the, in their right their mind or anything. It's just like... Would ever say that nobody in modern survivor would ever say that to their entire tribe that's absurd that would be stupid that would be game but it's his birthday he has the birthday boys powers but also the way it's cut is so obviously edited that i i had to question to what extent that was faked right because like Maybe he implied that and they just slid it in because there's like a pause between him saying that part and the initial statement. But again, it's so It just seems like something you would never ever like say in front of a group of people openly like that. And so I just have to imagine it's just a completely different conversation where he, you know, would be talking to Carla and is like, yeah, like nobody can look for idols because that would be stupid. <laughs> and they just cut that. And he's like, I'm looking for idols. Yeah. And it's just like, it's silly. And the other moment, there's just, there's was, just things like when people say something like dumb on the show, like you've seen enough seasons, like it just immediately like sets off the alarm in your head or it's like they stepped on a tripwire or something. And the fact that like no one reacted and everyone was just completely normal and we didn't have a confessional from anyone saying like, Oh, what an idiot. Can you believe he said that? It just felt really off. (laughs) 
Yeah, and then the other moment that really stood out with the editing was when Jesse, the, the very beginning of Jesse's check-in, Jesse talking about okay. Dwight. No. No. Oh, Jesse. Jesse. Now. We're going back. Jesse. Jesse, yes. James, Jones, Janine, Justin. You good? <laughs> Any other Jays I should Jane. know about? <laughs> Janine. Uh, and Jesse talking about Dwight, and he's talking just like about their you know alliance or whatever and sort of cut in between his statement he you know he's saying like oh yeah and you know now dwight's sort of feeling weird and my island wife is like you know it's a little off and it's just like again it's such it was so blatantly edited and i don't know what the hell is going on <laughs> yeah they do the island wife thing or whatever and then the next scene he's like i'm going to sign the divorce papers now so it's like clearly <laughs> the editors thought they had like a really clever like joke going on or, or something or they like that was the episode title so like they really wanted to use it they just had to make it make sense somehow <laughs> yeah it was just so forced and it's like after the first couple episodes which had pretty solid editing moments it's very weird to have this episode be a complete like mess just off rip and just instantly all these weird little editing things just stand out and you're like why is this happening this isn't right this doesn't seem to fit it's just very weird i don't know what's happening yeah so ultimately i just think it's funny that james is like i'm gonna go look you know look for idols and then he just like goes to sleep and then carla goes to look for idols yeah and then she finds it which (gasps) is points which is poggers but then she puts it back and at this point and at this point i this was like a huge red flag for me at first because the biggest concern with carla for me is that she would play too conservative right she she would play too conscientious and never really push her game forward to like that next level that next like notable level and you know this is just that at its worst because i'm just like you can't do that even though the reasons why she's doing it make total sense even though like playing safe here is totally fine it's that sort of attitude that had me concerned which of course luckily it didn't end up mattering because you went back and we didn't get to see exactly what the implications are of somebody leaving it you know yeah if it gets moved at all the learning if so when we you know we don't get to see it unfortunately but i do get points and we do get to see that it is the the same be beware advantage which, you know, from a television production perspective, is kind of uninteresting, but I guess they got to make the game fair. Yeah, I mean, it's totally what I what I expected. And then, like, the interesting part is just, like, the execution and how it, it well, has yeah, that's... gone about. I, I completely disagree that it is uninteresting. I think it is one of the best versions of the Beware Advantage that we've seen. No, no, I'm not saying the twist itself is uninteresting. I'm just saying the fact that we see it, you know, the exact same challenge three times is less interesting as a viewer than if they had three unique challenges. Sure, but yeah, then it would be unfair and it'd be hard to, like, balance it because if it tried to get another item, then they all have to, you know, like, (laughs) uh, 
like Ryan says, like maybe you have to get every everyone's sock or something. Right. That'd be a bit uh, a bit harder of a of a challenge to swing. But you know, we get to see it, and you know, part of the reason why this specific setup is so it's such a good version of it is because anyone pretty realistically could do it. And, you know, Carla here, despite not being anywhere near as eccentric or, you know, Island loving as Cody still totally gets away with it by making up the, you know, her wife's birthday is coming up, even though it doesn't. And the moment where she, uh, you know, says explicitly that that's not true. It's very funny. Um, but yeah, she basically gets everyone on board with it, although requiring a bit more bartering than Cody needed. She had to give up some worldly yeah, I mean, possessions it, for him. Yeah, it was impressive that she was able to pull it off entirely on her own. Uh, yeah. And, you know, Cody had the whole, like, hat prop to play into anyways. Uh, so she's just totally starting from scratch and, mm-hmm. you know, she went the same way that I think a lot, you know, most of us maybe went where it's like, oh, you know, say you want to make a cool bracelet and I need this bead and that bead, uh, which is pretty much what she did, but it worked out. Uh, now, you know, on Baka, I'm curious who was like able to pull off this sort of thing the best at this point nobody i think baka has the least camaraderie and the worst connections Mm -hmm. at least of what we've seen i think it's so i think the only person on baka who could pull it off is sammy yeah i completely agree i think he's the only one who has like reasonable connections to either side yeah but even then like i feel like somebody like ellie is just so would be so stubborn about that. Right. It would be so suspicious that it just seems like very weird. I think Gabler would be cool with it. Owen probably would get suspicious. Janine, maybe. I don't know. But yeah, I think Gabler is so like hard. the type who would get like stressed out doing it and be like, oh, come on. Why won't you give it to me? <laughs> yeah, for sure. He he would go. He, he would play too hard for it. Because like, like Carla said, if she pushed ryan too hard it would get really obvious that there was something going on because like again what's the urgency why are you so anxious about getting this one bead you know it starts raising flags yeah um but honestly seeing carla pull this off like you said for all the reasons you know like for all the reasons that you said by yourself etc this is like the perfect example of how this challenge actually challenges you, right? Because it's not just finding a way to, or finding a good reason to get the beads. Like Cody basically just needed a good reason and he got away with it. Carla had to come up with a good reason to get some of them. And then without alerting any of them that she was like doing it, had to also convince a majority of the tribe that didn't want to give it up to give it up. And so, you know, like like I said, she used things like her own earrings, you know, to give to the girls and get theirs. But then she also used 
the knowledge that Ryan's girlfriend liked a certain color and was like, hey, I have these beads that are that color. You know, can I give you these? And so it's like, th that's a very explicit example of the social capital, the social connections, the information that she has picked up actually coming to be useful in the game directly. Yeah, it's really which I think is really cool. Her, you know, connections and her abilities and all that good stuff. Yeah. Okay. So that's pretty much all the pre-challenge stuff. <laughs> um we got a water challenge. Noelle takes her leg off. Yeah. The first person in survivor history to do a challenge without a limb. Yeah. Yes. There have been other people that had prosthetics, but she's the first person to ever, you know, have a prosthetic and then take it off for a challenge. So, uh, yeah, challenge is pretty straightforward, comes down to the puzzle, comes down kind of close almost to the end. Uh, Baka challenge champions. Uh, I hate it. I hate it. Win every it time out. You succeed. Again. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. Uh, Coco gets that number two, which yeah, is all Jesse even and, for us. Yeah. Jesse and NECA just turbo throw yet again and at another puzzle. Vessi loses yet again. Also, you've gotten too good at calling. Yeah. This episode the... and last episode, <laughs> right at the start of the challenge, I'm kind of just like, hmm, seems like it's, uh, you know. Vessi's time to go to, to tribal. And then yeah, they go. Uh, every time, yeah, every time you do it, I always think, nah, like, uh, like, I guess maybe I could see it, but like, uh, probably, like, maybe, but probably not. And every single time you're just correct. And I'm just like, dude, <laughs> how? So, I don't know. It makes them, it, I guess on paper you would think it would be less exciting, but it's almost more exciting to see if my prediction then you know, comes through. So keep an eye on that one. Uh, we, yeah, this one's, oh, they had the little can opener things underwater. It looks like you could pinch your fingers. Made me kind of nervous. But also kind of nice to not to have to watch something. them no, no, untie nice. a knot. Yeah. It looked really satisfying to just go, and then it floats up. Mm -hmm. uh, also fun to see people try and dive on Survivor. Sometimes it works. Sometimes it's kind of flash flat yeah all right uh also we send a bunch of people to um the island of dreams and nightmares what yeah, awkwardly uh <laughs> noelle gets in a boat and it drives off and we see the drone shot and her leg is still up on the <laughs> line <laughs> i did not realize that that's so funny i had no idea I have to go back and, and watch that. That's funny. That's so funny. Uh, but yeah, we, we send Noel, James, and Owen me, me, me. on this just, just on this little things. Yeah, two two of yous and then they hang out and then they get to the thing and they're like, you know what, Noel, we'll just give it to you. Yeah. And then they do. Yeah. Pretty straightforward. Yeah. Kinda surprising that nobody said but like what? Uh, but like unless, yeah. <laughs> uh, but you know, sure. It it does definitely build trust, and I think Noah is a good person to build trust with, whether they know it or not, because you know she's kind of 
at least at that point, was definitely on the bottom of her tribe. So coming a merge or a tribe swap or whatever, then that, you know, social capital would come in pretty huge. Yeah, I think it makes sense here for, like, both people, like, in the aspect of, like, you might get something good, but, like, if you do end up losing your vote, like, James is on a tribe that's still unproven, and we don't know, you know, exactly where those lines will fall, and maybe he would need a vote, or maybe him not having a vote if he, like, reveals it, uh, you know, could bite him the first time they go to tribal. And then for Owen, you know, that, that it, like, he's essentially kind of, like, in the middle here. And if he gives up his vote, he, like, has nothing. Yeah. So, makes sense they would both, you know, get it over to her. Especially if they can, like, meet back up later and have that existing connection. It would just be helpful in the long run. For sure. And so, Noel gets the advantage, but it's not whatever it was before. Uh-huh. It is a steal of vote this time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It's so instead of it being oh. the uh, Gabler had the temporary idol. Yeah, it's not temporary. Now, right, right. Noel is getting a steal of vote that lasts all the way to the final seven. So this is true. Good for her. And also, really puts a wrench in the whole vote this time. That doesn't. <laughs> it doesn't actually, <laughs> but like in theory, it does. Kind of, it, it gives Noel just so much power because you at that point she can literally just choose the vote yeah yeah yep yeah if this were, there was a good time to use it you know this could have been it especially when she's kind of in danger but you know what she stuck through it and it worked out pretty well yeah the actual tribe was pretty straightforward yeah tribal is very much like well yeah yeah who, who how confident are you you know we had to do that whole thing but like, uh, NECA is super confident she's going to be safe, and she's not. So, was it last season that, like, every tribal, like, someone was playing Shot in the Dark? Or was that 41? I think that was 42. Like, it was just being that played. That was last season, was, yeah. Like, every tribal was being played. And then this season, yeah. we haven't seen it once. Yeah, because last season, it was, at least for the first few, basically, anytime that somebody... Live Tribal Central? <laughs> no, that was 41. 41 was Live Tribal, 42 is Shot in the Dark, <laughs> uh, 43 is Vignettes. 43 was kind of playing it straight. For the most part, yeah. But, I, uh, I, I do wonder if after 41 they were like, you can't Live Tribal, stop it. <laughs> I do almost, I mean, it really seems like there is some sort of, you know, direction where, you know much less uh like the players are just much less enthusiastic to stand up and talk to each other where it seems like kind of the default state before so i'm curious if they were just told like you know no more of this or if you know just just kind of what happened behind the scenes because the live tribal is very powerful and very easy to just do in you know especially after it happened so many times, but I'm happy it's yeah. gone because it makes these a little more easy to watch, I guess. There's just no yeah, real, like, there's no real like, like strategy. It was to interesting. Like, like lean out in, of it. It was interesting. What was it? 48 where like, it just <laughs> 48. Whoa. 38. He is from the future. No spoilers. <laughs> oh my God. It was, like it was interesting. Like 38 or whatever. Yeah. When it's spontaneous, 
it's like oh my goodness anything could happen but when it happens every single time it's like okay so i'm gonna watch you know people arguing you know i'm gonna sit here for most of the episodes and none of it's gonna matter because the vote will be decided in the last you know three minutes of the episode so it feels better to have like actual consequences and stakes to like the conversations happening on the beach yeah and i think part of part of it can definitely be just the production trying to dissuade them from doing it but it also just hasn't been a really good reason to Mm -hmm. like a lot of these the the first few votes here were pretty straightforward yeah they knew who they wanted to vote for it was nothing really twisting it up yeah and like the people that got voted out never really knew so things like shot in the dark didn't need to be played people didn't need to last second check in everyone like had their plan and stuck to it and so they're it's just way less chaotic and i think part of that's also just the fact that there's significantly less chaotic players i feel right here's my question if vessi goes to tribal council again next episode like what do you what do you think happens here it's kind of like two and two but noel has the steal a vote do you think like dwight and noel can swing jesse over or i just feel like dwight i think jesse's the one who goes you think you think it's more likely for jesse to flip than for noel to play the extra vote to like get rid of cody well i think i think noel targets jesse Oh, yeah, I oh think like he goes Noel home. Noel steals the vote and sends Jesse home, maybe. Unless, again, unless they can, like, talk it out and Jesse can understand that the options are vote code. Oh, I mean, he wouldn't know. Yeah. But, like. I guess the interesting thing is, like, if they want to play the steal vote for safety no matter what, then they, and they, like, want to maybe consider a future with Jesse, they can, like, tell him vote for cody and then steal the vote and do it anyways so like there's no question that well Co- i guess cody has the idol like, too like cody but would he is... know to play it <laughs> true i feel like cody's fairly harmless yeah i just feel like if they want to build a strong team going into the merge then like jesse is going to be that's also like kind true. of the brains they need because if if you just go into the merge with like just the two of them or the three like them with cody i just don't know if they stand to have a chance or maybe they you know do the thing where they get to play the middle and then they like end up doing best anyways yeah that's definitely true jesse's like the better asset but the other thing is that that tribal would be insane because there's just lots of possibilities yeah because you know we have even if we say Noel always plays the steal of vote, then what about Cody could protect Cody? whoever he wants. Yeah, because then it would tie, and then I don't know. It that gets weird because then it comes. Yeah, it's like it's all like Cody has an idol, Noel but Noel has the most power because of the steal of vote. Where technically Noel can just like decide to get out whoever she wants. Or maybe, like, I just don't think Cody would ever play the idol in this situation. I feel like he would be confident he would just push through. Probably, what if he would, yeah. you know, play it to protect 
Jesse or something. No, I don't That's think he would ever do that. I think what would happen is possible. Cody, the story, right, would be like Jesse, Cody, and Dwight vote out Noel. But I think because Dwight knows that Noel has the steal a vote, he would actually f- like feed whoever the target is, aka Noel, to her, and they would just steal. You know, I I think Cody's vote and then vote for Cody. Um, I see some benefit to like getting rid of Jesse because he's like a longer term threat. But I feel like I don't know. It's it's just rough. You could get rid of of Jesse if you want to try and win another challenge or else you just like <laughs> your tribe goes extinct if you just yeah. keep losing uh i don't know i guess that i guess of all the tribes there is some potential for this tribe to just like completely dissolve if they lose another challenge and they're just left with three people and if two of those people are noel and dwight whether it's jesse or cody alone like i just feel like you won't have enough oomph to like get through like i don't think they win any puzzles because they're already losing puzzles Mm -hmm. if they get rid of cody they lose like a significant amount of their physicality so it's i don't know it's an interesting setup for these guys Mm -hmm. but yeah if they go to travel next episode it's definitely going to be an interesting one because we already kind of know the dynamics but like it could go down in a billion different ways maybe like 10 different ways i don't know math but overall, uh, pretty decent episode, I would say. Yeah, it's a it's a solid one for sure. All right, it's um, pretty good. I would now like to take this time uh, to kind of open up the floor. Thank our sponsors. If anybody uh, would like to share uh, any, you know, s- like sentimental backstories or anything about themselves, I feel like now this is like a good time. Well, you know. Growing up in the rural part of the world, you know, there wasn't as much opportunity afforded to me as everybody else out there. You know, everybody could go to cool, you know, fancy schools and stuff, but here I was on the edge of the earth with just my local college to sustain my education. Uh, and how did and time... how did the podcast save you? Well, you see, the, oh. the podcast opened me up to a network of like-minded individuals. That enabled me to reach my voice further than I ever thought it could have gone before. Right. Now to say how much you love the, the, the podcast. I love Jeff Probst. Perfect. All right. Well, that's all, all right. the time we have for now. The, uh, this, one, this one time. Mm, the, I, I we got to save that for day. later, actually. We don't have time day. to tell yeah, Next episode. Story. Next episode. Okay. We've already gotten a, okay. we already gotten a sad story. Uh, so if you could just like pause and tell us again in like right. a different context later, that would be the the best for us. Uh, okay. So going on two points. Uh, that's the other side of the podcast here. Kind of a fun one uh, for me, at least. <laughs> um, yeah, fun. So the challenge breaks down the same way it did last episode. I hate it. Where Baka. I hate seeing this. Wins outright. This bit. Payoffs. <laughs> so I get optimized there, and uh, Coco wins second place. So we all are kind of even, but most importantly, I am, you know, getting lots and lots of points just from the challenge alone because Baka is just, you know, so good at challenges. Uh, otherwise, uh, we got 
couple advantages. Carla gets the beware and all the points that are associated with that. Noel gets the vote and twist points and everything for doing all that stuff. Uh, Noel also catches a stray vote. Uh, oh, and Owen and James get one point each for not risking anything. <laughs> yeah. But uh, what that turns into overall is uh, Soaring gets 21 points. Fred gets 23 points. And I get 25 points. Also, very close episode. Yeah, so pretty close with everyone. Not only are we, you know, two points away from each other each this time around, our overall scores uh, were five points away from each other. Everybody's lost one person. Uh, you know, so it's definitely like an interesting sort of uh, of setup here. Total points overall. Uh, soaring has sixty nine points. Nice, nice, nice. I, nice. Have, I have 74, and Fred has 75, 79. Let's go. So that is really exciting. I'm goaded. <laughs> uh, we still kind of have, and it's funny because it was Vessi two tribes or two episodes in a row. So Fred and Soaring still have the same exact <laughs> tribe division when it comes to points. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So it all comes down to, you know, the advantages in a way. Yeah, which I've been killing it on. Yeah, there is there's definitely like plenty of room for things to shake around and be interesting. There, there There's, you know, still points out there. Yeah. There's the, the Coco Idol or not the Coco Idol, the, the Baca Idol. Yeah, Baca Idol. Maybe we do another islands. Who knows? Uh, we also have the redraft coming up and, you know, whenever that happens. So we'll just see how like long this great this equalizer plays out uh so points have been fun to to watch and see what happens i like how close it is it just feels like you know you could like you could earn the 10 points like soaring you could earn the 10 points you need to like be number one next episode especially if, right if, i could if you know like baka doesn't win good one because as soon as baka is not winning challenges then i'm like losing a bunch uh so Soaring, since you are now uh, the, I'm trying to spin this in a in a positive way. <laughs> the so I'm lowest, the loser, so the worst the drafter, amount of points as of this episode. Uh, Garbage. If you would like to start out with any trade offers, uh, now is the time to do so. I suppose. Uh, <laughs> hard, I think especially right? with the redraft ahead, it's like hard. You know, it's like yeah, hard to commit into any trades at this point because everyone is yeah. like kind of on even playing ground, or uh, is like significantly good or significantly Better. like bad. Yeah, yeah. It, like it, it's so hard to trade this phase because we know who's good, and then like all these middle players is just kind of like. Could really go either way. Yeah. Or oh, I yeah. think Coco is interesting because I almost think it's it's we're like tiered up. Where like Fred has the best Coco players, I have the middle Coco players, and you have like the worst on paper Coco players. Thanks. Uh, but then you know when it comes down to like Baka, like Ellie, who like has been doing well, but like was just clowned on totally this episode. Blew up her game. Uh, and then like. 
I really think it's interesting how Fred has like the Jesse and Cody half of Vessie and Soaring has the Noel and Dwight half of Vessie. And the two of you shared have like the girls side of Baca. So like uh, the way our tribes are split up is very like neat and orderly. And I think it's really interesting. <laughs> yeah. But what that lends itself that is to funny. is like trades are like not optimal because you want to hope that your group that you have like ends up succeeding over the other groups versus splitting up like who you got yeah yeah and like a lot of these trades just it's so hard to know which way it's gonna go like there's anywhere where it's not like a clear oh this guy is a billion times better than the other guy uh is like i have no idea what's gonna happen i i have like Either we don't know the characters well enough to know what they would do, or it's just like it's a it's a coin flip. Yeah, yeah, for for sure. At the very least, like there's no one. It's like it's even hard to say like for you know like Ryan or or Geo, but it's like there's no one who I'm like yeah they're like definitely just gonna go out in in the pre merge at this point because uh, I feel like everyone has a chance to kind of get some legs on them and stick around for a while which is a good yeah. thing because it means like everything is balanced so even if there's there's players here that i think have like zero percent <laughs> shot at winning the game uh that's not necessarily like the consideration always when making like, a trade. yeah how far they'll go and especially when like the entire roster gets blown up the merge yeah so it's it's uh it's interesting but this might just not be the uh you know the season for trades well that might also be like something you should consider when thinking about you know trade right you screw up you know if it's not your number one player on your team you might you know you it's you don't lose them forever necessarily you could draft them back in the redraft that is true i do think it's trades are are less what i'm looking forward to is seeing how much of fred's original team he gets to keep because I feel like most of Fred's people are are appealing for a fantasy team. So I'm curious I, who he's going to lock in. Like by the time we get to the merge, like who's going to be the like the key one to lock in? Who's going to be on other people's radar? Who you're going to get to like scoop back up? I'm just curious. I'm so good at this thing. I drafted fire. I'm glad you're the enjoying. The only yourself. thing, <laughs> the only thing that would have been better is picking Dwight instead of Neca right at the very end. But like, it was the last pick. It was so irrelevant. Right. But I'm like just and it. It's not even something you can like with regret it. because we unanimously agreed that Dwight was like the least desirable choice <laughs> based on the information yeah. we had. Yeah. So. I feel yeah. like Dwight's stock has probably gone up slightly since then. Dwight's oh, yeah, stock is sure. definitely up a hundred percent. He's in a much better place than preseason and even like first episode made us feel because him and Jesse, even though it's a bit, you know, messy, uh, they're on the rocks. <laughs> they certainly are. Dwight also now has a connection with Noel from, you know, sort of being on the bottom and working they have that shared power. You know, from that position. Yeah. And, you know, now Dwight's 
in a much better position. He has the connections in the alliances that he needs that we didn't think that he was going to get. Again, even during the first episode, it really didn't feel like he was going to have that. His first episode, he was just like, I'm here. Yeah, yeah. I guess if we're not going to be doing any trading, then... Yeah, I guess that's it. Yeah, shall we wrap this one up? Yeah. Thank you, Zoe, for editing the podcast, <laughs> as always. And thank you to uh, Subtac for the use of their, of our theme song, Step Up. Uh, if you want to go listen to any of the other episodes we've done ever, you can go over to rngshow.com. Or, you know, it wow, might that's just a, be... Wow, that's a cool website. just be, like, in your podcast app thing. Uh, also, if you're enjoying the show, you know, give us a give us a rating on Apple Podcasts or Spotify because those are the places that matter. True. Uh, in the show notes, you'll find a link to the spreadsheet for this season. You can check out all the points. You can look at Fred's beautiful draft. You can look at the unit. If you totals. don't like links, it's just rngshow.com slash uh, forty three. Yeah, uh, I guess. Well, yeah, typing. Uh, I guess to tease the unit totals page right now, uh, number one is Carla after this episode. So congrats to Carla for finding an idol and then finding it again. Let's go! Yeah. And somehow Gabler is second. Yeah, got the, got the Gabler idol. What is he doing? He got the Gabler idol. He's Gabling. Also, he's been the winning, Gabler is Gabling. winning them challenges. Oh, he's been winning challenges. Dude, I hate you. All right, well, uh, we'll be back <laughs> next week to talk about episode four. Uh, I have no idea what to expect. Maybe it'll just be the same formula. We'll see another beware Will advantage. Finally we'll have get another immunity advantage. We'll have another island to go to. We'll have another tribal council. It'll just be... Will Gabler die? Following Find the out formula. next time. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. Bye. I love you. Goodbye.